Welcome to Gospel Centered Pro-Life, the podcast where we talk about pro-life issues in light of the gospel. In this episode, we're going to ask the question, can you be pro-choice and a Christian? Hope you're blessed as you listen to this episode. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro-Life podcast. Uh, in our episodes, we want to deal with issues uh, that people face, questions that people have about pro-life issues. And again, the whole focus of this podcast is talking about pro-life issues and, the, and abortion in light of the gospel. And so we want to talk today, and the question just came in my mind the other day just based on some stuff that I had read on Facebook. And you know, certainly you know, a lot of these, these debates and questions aren't new. But the question of can you be pro-choice and a Christian? And I'd sent you an email and said, you know, this is like something I think we need to cover um, because it's a question that people have. You know, we encounter uh, pro-abortion people on a regular basis in our outreach at the local abortion clinics. They're, um, you know, pro-abortion advocates that stand out there with signs and, and, and whatnot who uh, some claim to be Christians yep. and claim to uh, at least have some knowledge of God. And so to me, it's an important question. Can you be pro-choice and a Christian at the same time. Can you be, you know, when we talk about being pro-choice, we're, we're talking about, I mean, that's why we call it pro-abortion, because ultimately they are for abortion being a, a you know, a woman's right to... A valid to choice, yeah. correct, yeah. You know, I'd say in some sense, I've actually talked to, to pro-choice people before and said, you know, I think, you know, I'm pro-choice in the sense that God gives us the ability to choose... Mm-hmm. It's just that what you do with that choice, with your choices, is what you're ultimately held accountable f- mm-hmm. for when you stand before before the Lord. So, you know, we're going to tackle that question a little bit, and uh, and so let's just jump right into it. What can you be pro-choice and a Christian at the same time? Is that possible? Wait, wait. And and my answer is no. <laughs> okay. I think I think um, you know, and hopefully we'll go into a little more depth probably about yeah. why why we would say that. But um, y- you know, I think for all questions in life, you go to scripture. If you call yourself a Christian, and and that's what our premise is, are mm-hmm. you're calling yourself a Christian, and you're saying that pro-choice is a or pro to have an abortion is a valid choice. Well. Uh, if you're a Christian, you should be able to support that choice. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, you know, with having conversations about uh, about this on a regular basis with people, really, the truth of the matter is, Christianity cannot be separated from the Bible. Right. Christianity and the Bible are are. Uh, are married together. You mm-hmm. cannot have Christianity without the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so as Christians, like what why would we even call ourselves Christians if we're not going to embrace the book that talks about Christ? Right. Now, I had a conversation with a young man yesterday who asked me to prove Christianity is true mm-hmm. without using the Bible. Mm. I said that's an absurdity because Christianity is a historical religion built on a historical event, the resurrection of Jesus. And the main source for that historical event is a historical book called the New Testament. Right. And you're asking me to prove history without using a history book. Yeah. And that's an absurdity. Yeah. Christianity 
and the Bible are inseparable, right? And so what I guess the question is really, what does the Scripture say about um, life in the womb? You know, as we began with our first uh, podcast, what does it mean to be gospel-centered and pro-life? We were in the book. We were in the Bible. Yeah. You know, Vicki's got her... Yeah. For uh, she's got our huge Bible here that obviously is going to give us all that we need to know about <laughs> <laughs> about what abortion and, and and life means to the Lord. But so kind of you know some thoughts on that as far as you know Christianity, uh, the Word of God, and the issue of abortion. Yeah, yeah, and you know you got to start with I, I I think the the basics, which is first of all um, sanctity of life, yeah. the sacred value of human life is there a sacred value of human life does god speak about that and and we know he does from yeah. from the beginning from the book in you know of genesis the first book in the bible uh genesis genesis 127 so god created man in his own image in the image of god he created them created him male and female he created them so right away from the get go from the first book it's god who created human beings in his image. And I think it's really important to talk about what that means. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to be created in the image of God? Yeah. Because that probably is, is what is the value statement. Yeah. Um, and, and that there's already gender assigned, mm -hmm. male and female. And from the moment of creation, because it's when he created them, he created them male and female. And then right away after that, in verse 28, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. So we're given dominion. There is a hierarchy, and, and the human beings clearly have a, a greater... Um, uh, value or mm -hmm. or um, uh, and even responsibility with, ex along exactly with the value. Yeah. over over the animals. So yeah. um, so God clearly has given a value to human beings, and and so you know maybe Daniel, I I know I looked at this and really um, I I learned a lot as I was kind of studying over well what does it mean to be made in God's image? But I'd be curious what what your thoughts are of that. Yeah, well, um, that means a lot, actually. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to be made in the image of God? Um, one of the, the important factors is the factor of dominion, that mm -hmm. God gives dominion. He gives rulership to human beings over the creation. And, it, and it's, it's likened unto God's rulership over the, the universe, right? right? Now, obviously, it's just not exactly the same, but it's a, it's a position of authority, of authority being made in the image of God. It's also that, you know, God is spirit, right? Mm -hmm. And we are also spiritual beings. That's part right. of being made in the image of God, that human beings are spiritual creatures. We're physical creatures, yes, mm -hmm. uh, but we're also spiritual creatures. We're both physical and spiritual creatures. And, and so, you know, that's part of us being made in the image of God. Another important part is the eternal nature of human beings, that mm -hmm. human beings are eternal, mm -hmm. that no matter, you know, when you die, at some point we will all, we're all going to die, your, your spirit and your soul lives on for eternity and even uh, also your body after the resurrection of the body, which right. could be a whole other subject. Right. Um, so, you know, some even make the argument that just as God is triune, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that human beings are triune, hmm. spirit, soul, and body. Mm -hmm. And now I don't know if I want to run with that argument. There's some theological discussion about that, whether people are triune or 
or uh, or we're just spirit and, and body. But the point is, is what we're made in the image of God, and it means a couple of different things. Um, you know, creativity is one of those things. Like yeah. What what other creature is creative? Right. 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 Human beings are creative just by our nature like we create things we we paint we yeah. you know write we whatever we do we do so it we from share some of god's attributes such as exactly creativity. yeah yeah so mm-hmm. so we're not originators of of things like god is it the originator of the creation but like god similar to him we we create stuff we have yeah. this creative mind yeah. that we so that that's part of what it means to mm-hmm. be made in the image of god mm-hmm. But I think, you know, just in my, and you, you tell me if this is your experience as well. You share with me a, a friend of, of yours or at least an acquaintance that, that you know, claimed to be a Christian and, uh, and claimed to be pro-choice at the same time. Right. But from my experience from people who claim to be pro-choice and, and still a Christian, what I, what I get from them a lot of times is sort of a mentality of, well, I'm against abortion for me. Like, I would never have an abortion, is what they would right, say. Right, exactly. But I can't force my morality on another person. So that's sort of the mentality. And yes. it's, you know, in one sense, it's sort of like, a, I guess it's a noble thing, right? Because you don't want to be judgmental. You don't want to be pushing your, your beliefs on another person. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I, I get that. And to some extent, I agree that we aren't to force our beliefs on another person. But that sort of equates... Um, trying to persuade someone with what you believe with actually forcing that belief on someone. And those two are not the same thing. Right. Like Christianity is is actually um, directly opposed to forcing our beliefs on people. We Mm -hmm. actually want to persuade people to believe. Because to become a Christian, it's not just someone makes you a Christian, someone waves a magic wand and forces you to be a Christian or dunks you under some water and you become a Christian. No, to be a a Christian, your heart has to be persuaded and turned to the Lord, right? And so that's yeah. the very nature of Christianity. Yeah, yeah. And if if you claim Christ, then Scripture should be your guide. And we as Christians are called to prevent those who are stumbling to the slaughter, to rescue the weak, to speak for those who cannot speak, to go and make disciples. In other words, there is action involved. Mm-hmm. One yeah. of the one of the things that really, um, I mean, I I cringe when I hear it is. Um, sh- Share the gospel, the meme. Share yeah. the gospel, and if necessary, use words. Yeah. Hate that. Hate that because <laughs> that is so not biblical. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Bible is filled with verses that we are to go and we are to speak. Who will go? Send me. Not who will go, well, I'll be in the background, you know, praying that you make the right choice. But yeah. he, we are to be sent and yeah. to to take action. Um and so I, I think that that's, for me, um, one of the most disturbing things about uh, the so-called, um, uh, well, a so-called Christian <laughs> uh, being um, so-called pro-choice in that I think Scripture is very clear that when there are weak, vulnerable, mute, those who cannot protect themselves, we are to go and we are to speak for them. Yeah. Um, and I think that demolishes the argument, can I be a Christian and be pro-choice? You can be pro-choice in the terms of how God speaks about choice, like in Deuteronomy, what is it, 30, 19, mm-hmm. where he says, I set before set you blessing and curse, yeah. life or death. Therefore, 
choose life right, yeah. that you and your offspring may live. You can be pro-choice in that way, yeah. but to say that I'm a Christian and I'm going to ignore God's clear commands regarding the value of human beings, first of all, and then disregard his commands about taking action to defend those innocent human beings that God has created and values, I, I don't think you have a biblical um, stance. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'd say you, you definitely, you know, from my uh, uh, perspective, you definitely don't have a biblical stance. And, and you know, as I shared earlier before we even started the podcast, a lot of this is kind of kind of rooted in almost like this selfishness in this this idea that, you know, I don't want to be seen seen as judgmental. Right. It's like one of the biggest fears that, that American Christians have, at least, is appearing to be judgmental. In so many things, not yeah, just, not just abortion, this, but, but it, in yeah. all the sexual revolution and in everything. Yeah. We can't possibly tell someone what maybe is normal or right or good or follows God's yeah. clear word on it. Because on we it. would be seen as, as judgmental. It's almost like, right. again, the, the biggest fear, and this is kind of the, uh, this is the absurdity of it. It's like, if you believe, someone might say, yeah, I'm Christian, but I'm pro-choice. I would never have an abortion because for me it's morally wrong, but I could never tell someone that they shouldn't have an abortion. Then you're sort of missing the point. Like, why Why is it a moral wrong for you to do it? Mm-hmm. It's a moral wrong for you to do it, I think, in your mind because you know it's killing another person. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's wrong for you to kill another person, then why is it right for someone else who may not believe that's a person to kill that person? Like their lack of belief in the personhood of that child does not make that act a moral act. It's still immoral. It's still wrong. It's still sinful. Right. And again, I think it's I think it's really that people that Christians that might say that they're pro-choice, and I think we need to I think we need to sort of separate this a little bit, and that there I believe are some that could be ignorant. It's possible. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to believe. But it's possible that mm-hmm. people, maybe new believers or whatever, just ignorant about the issue. Ignorant spiritually but, or ignorant in a, about what's involved in yeah, abortion. just ignorant, just in general. Maybe they don't. Maybe they do believe the lie that you know it's a blob of tissue, clump of right. cells, sort yes. of thing. Yeah, yes. I, I think there yeah. you know, certainly there needs to be allowance for that. And yeah. you know, the Bible tells us. Actually, Paul writing to Timothy tells Timothy to be patient. To right. not be combative, yeah. to be patient in answering those who are in opposition so that God might grant them repentance. So I think there's a there's a time and place, certainly, to kind of slow down. When someone says they're a Christian and they're pro-choice, just kind of slow down. Yeah. Don't be offended and say, no, you're not. You're a wicked reprobate. You know, We don't need to take that attitude. Um, there certainly is a time and place where we say, you know what? The Bible's God's Word. If you're not following what God's Word says, then you can't claim to be a Christian because that is the foundation of Christianity, the, the Word right, of God. Right. But to um, your point, there is the verse, and I can't remember if it's the verse you quoted, but restore them gently. Yeah. We are to restore. We are called to restore them. If we see a brother in sin, and if someone's claiming to be a Christian and claiming that abortion is, is a valid choice, then they should be restored yeah. to a proper understanding, but we are to do it in gentleness. Yeah. 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 You know, the word choice is it can be a tricky word. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in reality, I was talking to some folks actually on the sidewalk just uh, just the other day, some young folks, and I was saying, you know what? The truth is, you can choose to do whatever you want to. You really can. You can choose to do whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. You can go and stand on that building over there, and you can choose to just disbelieve in gravity and jump off. The fact is, your choice is going to imply some consequences or incur some consequences, right? If you yeah. choose to jump off that building, mm-hmm. 
then you're, the consequence is you're going to hit the ground, right? Mm-hmm. There's a consequence to every choice. Could a, could a mother choose to kill her unborn child? Yes, she could choose to do that. Unfortunately, in this country, it's still legal, and she can go into an abortion clinic and pay $360 like it is here in Charlotte or yeah. other places, whatever. Uh, you know, it's it, whatever the price might be, she's going to pay that money to end the life of her child. She can choose to do that. Right. Um, a mother could choose to do that to her three-year-old. She can go and slit her three-year-old's throat. I mean, a, a mother here, um, not too far from here in Georgia, apparently birthed her child and chose to put it in a plastic bag and throw it in the woods. Right. She could choose to do that, mm-hmm. right? She did apparently choose to do that. It was not right. Yeah. Uh, just because you God gives someone the ability to do something does not mean he's okay with the choice that they make. Correct. And that's really the question. Yeah. The, twes- the question is not a, a can question, really. It's a should right. question. Yeah. Should people take the lives of their babies through abortion? Right. And should we as Christians be okay with that? Right. Do not use your freedom as a license to sin. Yeah. And Paul's clear about that. We are, we are not to do, to do that. But, um, and, you know, uh, again, this is kind of a, a, a separate point, but um, Jesus specifically says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Well, one of the commandments is thou shalt not murder. Yeah. And, um, and so uh, the pro-choice folks might say, well, it's not murder. Right. And that is what I hear, right? I'm sure you sure, hear yeah. it too. It's it's not murder because they claim it's not a human being. Mm-hmm. And then you have to ask, well, at what point does Scripture say, if you're a Christian, when does God say it's a human being? Well, he says from the moment of conception. There's plenty of verses in Psalm, mm-hmm. Psalm 139, where it talks about knitting together us, us together in the womb. And from uh, the moment that, that we were knitted together in the womb, he knew us. In, the, in Jeremiah, he named Jeremiah as a prophet to the nations before one day of his came to be. So uh, there's many verses that talk yeah. about the, that they're human from the moment of conception. So when there is the taking of innocent human life, it is murder yeah that that's what murder mm-hmm. is right yeah um and well you know so so the, one of the arguments is uh, and this can kind of be getting off track a little bit mm-hmm. um but that abortion is not technically murder because murder is a legal term and mm-hmm. since the the government in this country at least says that it's okay right that it's not technically murder mm-hmm. you know i might would i might would agree yeah i might would say yeah you know what abortion in the united states of america is currently not murder mm-hmm. should be <laughs> in, an, in the eyes of God, which ultimately, as Christians, right. there's That's, a higher law for exactly, us. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's our standard, is what the Bible says. When God says, thou shalt not murder, I don't think he's talking about what whatever yeah, the laws, however what, the laws yeah. define murder. I define murder as the taking of, well, not me, God, yeah. defines murder as the taking of innocent life. Yeah, and, and yeah so, you know, I, I think a lot of it is... I, possibly, you know, ignorance as far as someone who, who might claim to be a Christian and be pro-choice. Um, some of it's, of course, just they're false converts. They just really aren't Christians, right? Yeah. They just, yeah. And that's probably the majority of the people that would claim to be pro-choice are just simply they're not born of God. And they slap the tag of Christianity on for cultural reasons or maybe because it makes them feel good on Sunday or whatever it might be. Right. But the fact is they're false converts. But those who maybe are you know, Christians or at least you know, Christianized in some way that claim to be pro-choice, I think probably have not really thought it out mm-hmm. s- so well, which mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, us talking about this, hopefully some folks will pick up on this 
and and really think these things through. Yeah. Well, let me ask you because I think part of that um, is is going back to where we are not to judge. I do think that that's that's what I hear a lot anyway yeah, sure. from from my friends not or acquaintances that that say um, you know I I agree that abortion is wrong and and um, and that I wouldn't do it like you said. Um, but I can't judge. I should not judge. We're told biblically, they say, that we are not to judge um, others. And you being out on the sidewalk and telling these moms, you know, taking the life of your child is wrong. They feel is is they call us not Christian. Yeah, yeah. Because it's so Christian behavior. So I think I I think that maybe you could talk about um, well what. Are we not to judge? Do we not? Yeah. Do we? Are we not supposed to judge? Because if we are supposed to judge, that seems like something we could maybe make a judgment about yeah. whether it's yeah, okay for mom to take their baby's life. You know, I think when people say um, it's, it's like num, like number one quoted verse when yep. we're at an abortion center, right? I agree. Thou shalt not judge. People even sometimes quote it in perfect King James English. Exactly. Thou shalt not judgeth. I've even heard that. the atheists. The yeah. atheists, they'll, they'll say I'm an atheist, but the Bible says, your Bible, the Bible says. The Bible says, thou shalt not right. judge. Um, the 11th command, right? Exactly. <laughs> but actually, that's not found in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, thou shalt not judge is not in the Bible. The principle of judging people, and it's what Jesus deals with when he says, judge not lest you be judged. Right. He goes on. It doesn't just stop there. It doesn't That's say, right. judge not lest you be judged. There's yeah. a context. Yeah. He says, for in the same measure that you used to judge, it will be measured back to you. And then he talks about, you know, why do you judge your brother who has a speck in his eye when you've got a log sticking out of your own eye or mm-hmm. a plank sticking out of your own eye? Then he goes on to say, first remove the plank from your eye, and then you can see clearly to help your brother remove the speck from his eye. Right. So if looking at the speck in our brother's eye is judgment, and what Jesus is talking about and saying don't do, then why does he say remove the plank first, and then you can help your brother? See, the fact is he's talking about hypocritical judgment. Correct. He's talking about judging people for doing the same stuff that you're doing, which is hypocrisy, which is evil, and which we need to guard our hearts against. Like mm-hmm. if we're going around pointing the finger at other people for doing stuff that we ourselves are doing, and you know, he's he's more than likely talking in particular about the Pharisees who claim to have this outward religious thing going on, and yet really inside he says, You guys, you're like whitewashed tombs. You look good on the outside, but inside you're full of dead man's bones. That's hypocrisy. Yeah. When it's 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 you know, kind of people throw judgments at whatever individual, whatever lifestyle they can to make themselves really feel and look mm-hmm. better. That's mm-hmm. wrong. We shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. But to imagine that just practically as human beings, not just, you know, set aside just being Christians. Now, certainly as Christians, we, we're going to talk about that. But as human beings, we have to make judgments every day. We make it. What is a judgment, basically? A judgment is an assessment of behavior, right? It's like I'm looking at a particular behavior and I'm making a judgment mm-hmm. of whether or not that's right or whether it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's normal life. Mm-hmm. That's like everyday life. Mm-hmm. You do it when you're driving down the road. You know, I get behind some old lady who's driving with her hands on the steering wheel. I make a judgment and I say, you know what? She's probably going to keep me from getting to my destination in time, so I better go around her, yeah. right? Well, honestly, <laughs> even the pro-choice people, when they say thou shalt not judge... Are making a judgment. They're judging right. that we're judging. Yeah, that's right. So like, it happens all the time. Yeah. All of us do it all the time. Yeah. 
Certainly. And we, we make judgments about all kinds of stuff. Now, of course, in this context, we're talking about moral judgments. We're That's talking correct. about whether or not something is right or whether it's wrong, whether it's moral or immoral, right? And so oftentimes, I think when people talk about not judging them, you know, especially people going into an abortion clinic, it's a fig leaf. Mm-hmm. All, all, it, all it is for them, at least from my understanding and from my experience, is they're trying to throw some of the guilt that they feel mm-hmm. back on you. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, what I'm doing is wrong, killing my baby through abortion, but mm-hmm. what you're doing is just as wrong because you're judging me for it. Mm-hmm. And again, it's an absurdity, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense in, in any other scenario. You know, you imagine, you know, a mother is about to, to slit the throat of her three-year-old, like I talked about earlier. Could a mother do right. that? <laughs> she could certainly use her volition and do that. She's going to suffer the consequences, and that would be immoral. I think everybody would agree with that. But imagine she's doing that. And you come on that scene and you're like, stop, don't do that. That's, that's wrong. What if she looked back at you as she's got the knife to the, to the child's throat and says, you're judging me. Stop mm-hmm. judging me. Mm-hmm. Everyone else would see that as like, this person is, is really Crazy. completely deceived. Mm-hmm. They are about to kill a person mm-hmm. and yet they're talking about me judging them? Mm-hmm. And yet that's what we see at an abortion clinic. Yeah. That's what we see in conversations with people. Who, uh, who claim to be Christians and, and pro-choice or, or whatever, uh, when they talk about judgment. Right. They, they really mean, don't tell me what I'm doing is immoral. Right. Yeah. And, and, but, but we are told throughout Scripture we are to judge correctly, judge righteously, mm-hmm. remove the log, but then, so the implication is then, after you remove the plank in your own eye, then, then you are able to see clearly to judge. So we're to judge angels, right? Yeah, so right, we yeah. are called upon as Christians to judge. And in fact, how can we be light to the world and salt, preserving a culture, um, which is what salt is a preservative. We are, as Christians, we are the light. We illuminate the darkness. We illuminate sin. And we're salt. We preserve the pure righteousness of God. How can we do that if we're unable to judge what is right or wrong? So God, he, he... he is our righteousness. He is what gives us the ability to judge. And that's what scripture says as the Holy Spirit enters. He, he teaches us and guides us into all righteousness yeah. so that we are able to judge with righteousness. And I think um, for a Christian to not use that gift of God, it's a gift. It's a gift to be able to go to others and rescue them from stumbling to, to the slaughter. I, I think it, it is denying again what, what we have been called to do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, scripture says um, that the righteous man judges all things. Yeah. The righteous man yeah. or woman mm-hmm. makes an assessment of, of certain behaviors and certain things. Now, you know, the, the judgments that we make, if they're motivated by selfishness, like if I'm making a judgment, a moral assessment about someone else's behavior, and the root of that is to make me feel better about myself, like that person's really immoral, and even though I'm immoral, I'm not as immoral as them, so it makes right. me feel better. That's right. that's wrong. Right. But if our judgment of something that's immoral is rooted in you know love for God first, because that's where our love is supposed to be and our affections are supposed to be to God first, but also to our neighbor. You know, like the issue of homosexuality. Mm-hmm. You know, I would I look at that that behavior and I say that it's immoral, and I look in God's word and based on what God says and God's disapproval of that lifestyle, I can say mm-hmm. that's sin. It's mm-hmm. immoral. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to a homosexual and I say, listen, your lifestyle, and you know, I'm not you know, telling them you know, God hates fags or anything like that, but I'm telling them, according to what I see in the Word of God, that lifestyle is unacceptable to God. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that to make myself feel better. 
I'm not doing that because I want them to feel bad necessarily. I'm doing that because I know that they're headed toward destruction. Yeah. They're headed toward a destructive, uh, um, in a destructive direction, living a destructive lifestyle. In the same way with a mom going into an abortion clinic or, or someone who thinks it's okay to take a baby's life through abortion, we know based on Scripture that we're all going to stand before God and give an account for our lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I gave this example actually to, to one of the pro-abortion ladies um, months and months ago where she was talking about, you know, you're, you, you, know, you had, a, 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 I think they actually mentioned about you, you had abortion in your past. And Vicky's out here judging these people for doing something that she did. And how can she do that? How can she judge these people for doing something she did? Her abortion was okay and theirs aren't. And of course, you've never said your abortion. Was absolutely okay. not. That's the like, first premise. That's absolutely <laughs> yeah, wrong. Right, it was right. far from okay. But I, you know, I gave the example just off off the top of my head, the best I could come up with. But you know, there's woods right across the street from from the abortion center uh, there. And I said, well, what if I went in those woods and I got bit by by a copperhead? Mm-hmm. And I was walking through those woods after I got bit by a copperhead, and I see there's ten copperheads, and, and there's a hundred. The whole woods are full of copperheads, and I made it by the grace of God out of those woods and got medical attention. And finally got back on my feet, and I came out here, and I saw people going into those woods, and I yelled at them, don't go in there, there's <laughs> copperheads in there. They will kill you, like, you will, you will lose your life, you'll end up in the hospital like I did. Yeah. Would that be, like, immoral for me to do that? Or I think that would be one of the most moral things I could do. That's a great example, and the, the least moral thing you could do is to come out of that woods yeah. and say, hey, you, go, you ought to go take yeah, walk that dude, path. Yeah. That I'm not going to judge you path. for going in there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so we know, based on you know, your personal experience, based on conversations with, uh, with many people who've had abortions, right. um, that it's destructive, yeah. certainly to the baby. And that's, that's sort of you know, where we're coming from. Obviously, it's destructive yeah. to the baby, but it's also destructive to the mothers that have abortions. That's right. Um, it's destructive to families that it are is. touched by abortion. We've it seen is. the ravages of abortion in, in, in relationships, in families, with, with grandparents of yeah. mothers who've had abortions. And, and all the like, it's, 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 it's ugly tentacles reach into every area of society. It does. And look at the, um, the, the couple that stopped today, mm-hmm. that, that stopped, to, they, they had an eight-year-old in their car who had, they had come to Latrobe, where, where we are on the sidewalk, eight years ago to abort their child. The woman came. I don't believe that the father of the child was with her. She was being um, told that she had to do that in order not to have the rest of her children removed from her home. So she was being coerced, clearly illegal, clearly wrong. Um, But the father was not a part of that. And, um, And today she came to show her children, this is what almost happened. These are the people that showed me and helped me not to do that. And then she came back again about a half an hour later with the father of okay. that eight-year-old. And that father is almost in tears as he's shaking my hand. I wasn't the one that was here eight years ago, but thanking us, thanking Cities for Life, and saying, that's my baby, that's my baby. Yeah. So, the you know, the fact that there were people out there that were judging right from wrong was what preserved that, that child's life. But also that father, the, he would have been one of the... Um, the sacrifices, yeah, the, the um, casualties. The casualties. That's what I meant. The casualty of of abortion because she went there, as far as I know, without without his knowledge. Yeah, he was the father of that child. So you're exactly right. It it's it's so destructive. And who better really to speak about the destruction 
um, from abortion than someone who has personally experienced it. Yeah, yeah. So one of the first things my sister asked me when um, when I started working with Cities for Life was, well, how can you do that? What about your own abortion? Yeah. And I said, that's why I'm doing it, yeah. because I know the horror of what I did, and I didn't recognize it at the time, yeah. but I do now. And I think the greatest act of love that that you can show towards another human being is if you are able to keep them from a path that you know is going to result in despair and horror, that you direct them yeah. otherwise. Yeah. And, of course, you know, even that aside, you know, it's not true that women aren't affected by abortions. They are affected by abortions. Absolutely. We know that. Yeah. But even if they weren't, mm-hmm. still we're looking at a at an act that actively destroys the life of an innocent person. Yeah. And as believers in Jesus, and people who believe, like where we started, that human beings are are unique in our value. Every creature is valuable. But not every creature is made in the image of God. And right. not every creature has the same value. Human beings have a value that's above and beyond. It's not pride. It's what God's Word says. And we're looking at what God says about human beings and to imagine that it's okay and that we shouldn't make a judgment about the destruction of innocent human lives is, uh, you know, again, it's, it, it makes us disagree with God. You know, we disagree with God. Yeah. and. You know, as a believer, I mean, the way that you come in to the faith is by agreeing with God. Mm-hmm. You don't come into the faith. You don't become a Christian until you've agreed that God is righteous, He's holy, and that your sin is wrong, mm-hmm. and that you need to be saved. Mm-hmm. Right? That has to be the way. You have to you have to understand you're a sinner and that you need a Savior, which is agreeing with God's Word. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, everything else that flows out of our lives as Christians should be in agreement with God. It doesn't mean like, you know, I've, I've read some passages where, you know, God's really cut me deep. You know, Hebrews uh, 4.12, is it where God's word is like a two-edged sword, right? Mm-hmm. I've been cut. You've probably been cut by God's word. Yeah. It's like, it's not stuff I disagree with, but it's stuff I don't particularly like. Like, I have to love my enemies, you know? Mm-hmm. I have to lay my life down. I have to love my wife as Christ loved the church. Yeah. That's not easy. And... It's going to be hard for me, but I agree that what you say is right, God. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to, by your grace, do what you've called me to do. So when we come to places in God's Word and, and you know, we look at society and it has its opinions and it has its morality, which is always changing and always shifting, we cannot take society's morality and just receive it as Christians and say, well, you know, it's society's morality, so that's, that's m- what my morality is, and disregard the Word of God. Once we begin to disregard the Word of God, mm-hmm. then we have removed ourselves from the foundation of Christianity itself. Mm-hmm. And so to disregard God's Word and still claim to be a Christian is, uh, is a contradiction. It's just, right. it's just not, not possible. Yeah, Jesus was the Word. I mean, the Word, the Word. God, God used the Word to speak all creation into being. So the yeah. Word is critical, and it's, um, it should be the, the go-to foundation of, of absolutely every, yeah. everything that we are. And that applies to whether we believe abortion is right or wrong, and whether we believe that we should take a stand, you yeah. know, for or against. I. Always, always return to, well, what does yeah. God say? Yeah, I mean, I think also, you know, just kind of wrapping up here, one of the mentalities of people who 
uh, maybe wouldn't go as far as even to call themselves pro-choice, but they might say something to the effect of, yeah, I'm Mm pro-life, but I would never do what you guys do, go out to an abortion clinic, or uh, I would never actively oppose abortion or whatever. It's like Jesus said, either you're for me or you're against me. It's like you need to make a decision. Now, I don't mean by that that you're not a Christian if you don't come out to an abortion clinic or anything like that. That's not what I mean to say. But what I do mean to say is that if there is something that is a moral evil that exists in your society, to not be actively involved in some way in opposing that moral evil is in one sense a denial of what God has called us to do. He has called us to actively oppose evil. Or it's a tacit approval of, of that evil. Could be, yeah. it, I, it's, it's by our silence. We well, are, what, what, we are saying what's so the, much. What's the, is the Edmund Burke quote that all it takes for evil to triumph is for good men to do to nothing? To do nothing. Yeah. And, yeah exactly. You know, apathy, apathy actually speaks, a, uh, speaks volumes. It does. <laughs> what, you, mm-hmm. what you fail to do, what you refuse to do, as a mm-hmm. matter of fact, I believe we stand before God that we'll give an account for not just the stuff that we actively did that was wrong, yeah. but for the stuff that we passively refused and failed to do. Why did you not? Jesus says that. Yeah. Why? Where were you when I was in prison? Mm-hmm. Where were you when I was hungry? Where were you when I was thirsty? Well, we should have been there. We should be there. And those babies are, they're in prison. They're, yeah. Uh, and those moms are. Yeah. They're, they're in prison. Of, the moms are in the prison of sin. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it speaks of, you know, in that passage, Matthew 25, mm-hmm. it speaks of sort of this uh, this rejection and these, these you know, Jesus identifies with those who are rejected by society, those who are sick, those who are in yeah. prison, those who are yeah. kind of the untouchable sort of people. Yeah. And so that's sort of the measure of the genuineness of our Christianity yeah. is what we do with those who are the least of these, how we Mm -hmm. act toward those who are the least of Mm -hmm. these. It's like if your Christianity is real, Mm -hmm. then it will be on display in how you act toward those who are the least of these. Mm -hmm. And in our society, I I can't see a group of people more identified with Jesus in that passage as far as the least of these, where he identifies himself with them, uh, than the unborn. That's right. They are the least of the least of these. Yeah, they are the smallest, most vulnerable, and most endangered group of human beings right now yeah. on, on earth. And um, in a place that was designed perfectly by God to be a place of protection, and instead is one of the most dangerous places on earth, which is the human womb. Yeah. So for us to be silent on that, I think, is, is, um, is, is not being who God has, has called us to yeah. be. Yeah, absolutely. So just to wrap up here, you know, I think, uh, man, I think we've, I think we've solved this, this dilemma. I think we've answered this question. I've got one more, one okay. more, one you, more, you one, one, more, more thing. one more thing for you to talk about because I do hear it a lot. Okay. And that's, um, well, but those babies, these are the Christians speaking, those babies are going to go to heaven anyway. Mm-hmm. And look at what you're doing to those women. We should be winning them over with just, you know, kindness, love, um, affirmation, encouragement. Those babies are okay. The babies are going to be with Jesus. Yeah. So respond to that. Yeah, I mean, an easy kind of, you know, quick response would be, you know, that kid over there is drowning in a a swimming pool, and, uh, you know, that kid's three years years old, and they're going to go to heaven anyway. Mm -hmm. So I really don't want to, you know, involve myself and, breaking the law and trespassing on these people's property. 
you know, after all, they might not like me going in, yeah. on their, you know, in their back lawn to, to rescue that kid. You know, it's, it's absurdity. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's sort of like, again, it sort of misses the point. Like the mm-hmm. point is not just that women are making a bad decision. Mm-hmm. It's not just that they're making uh, a bad medical decision. Mm-hmm. They're killing another person, mm-hmm. right? And it's a, it's, it's a violent act. You know, we're talking about another person that suffers just because that person in their suffering ultimately will end and they'll go to heaven mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's it's okay for us to turn a blind eye to their suffering. Like we have to meet people in their suffering. Um, you know, we, we could say that for our brothers and sisters around the world who are suffering persecution, yeah. who, you know, in some Islamic countries and some, you know, communist countries and other countries are being persecuted and their heads are being chopped off and they're mm-hmm. being tortured. Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to go to heaven anyway. So really, I mean, why do we need to send money? Why do we need to, to send aid and that sort of thing? Um, it, it sort of misses the point, right? Yeah. yeah. It's almost an excuse for inaction. It is. That, it, it's yeah. an excuse for, for apathy yeah. on behalf of Christians. Now, of course, you know, I don't mean to say, and I'm sure you don't mean to say, that, you know, abortion clinic ministry or pro-life ministry or pro-life you know, activism Mm-hmm. Is is the only ministry that we're called to. Certainly, there right. are people who are going over, overseas and sharing the gospel. There are people who are involved actively in evangelism that are not going to abortion clinics. Mm-hmm. There are pastors that are you know, doing what they can in the pulpit to pastor mm-hmm. their the, the congregation. That kind of stuff. Not not everybody can can do what we do, and I don't expect for everyone to do what we do. Right. But everyone can, and everyone should speak out against the immorality that abortion is. If we claim to be Christians, and if we claim to have the foundation of our beliefs from God's Word, God's Word is very clear that to take an innocent life is wrong, yeah. and abortion is taking an innocent life. Right. And as a society, for, for us as a society to put our stamp of approval on that, um, we'll incur the, the judgment of God on mm-hmm. us as a society. And mm-hmm. so those who are supposed to be salt and light in yeah. society are supposed to um, as much as we can, defer the judgment of God from our nation and seek the good of our nation by actively being involved in uprooting evil. And abortion mm-hmm. is, is one of the yeah. worst evils in our society, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I think, again, that we've answered this question, that you cannot be Christian and pro-choice at the same time. Yeah, not unless you're twisting Scripture yeah. or, or we have a grave misunderstanding of it. Yeah. You know, I think at some point, and this is this is for a different podcast. Maybe this is sort of like uh, just a motivation for people who are watching and people who are listening to to keep listening, and we hope that they will. But I'd like to deal with you know because one of the arguments that I've had from from pro-choice people is that the Bible has within its pages a a uh, God putting his stamp of approval on abortion in the uh, Numbers passage. Uh, yes, yeah, uh, I believe it's Numbers chapter eight. Yeah. Where it's almost like a God prescribed abortion, mm-hmm. now, you know. I want us to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, at some point, I think it's not not uh, we don't have enough time to really talk about that on this particular podcast. We'll mm-hmm. deal with that. And I actually mm-hmm. had reached out to, you know, uh, to Dr. Michael Brown, who's a Hebrew scholar, and just asked him about this passage. Now, depending on what version you read, uh, it reads differently. Um, but uh, but we'll talk about that in, okay. a, in a future yeah, podcast because some Christians passage. might struggle with that mm-hmm. and be like. What about this passage? And there's yeah. a, there's another passage in Exodus that sort of can, depending on the way it's translated, uh, can maybe put a stamp of approval on hurting an unborn child and, mm-hmm. and taking an unborn child's life. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk about that. But yeah. um, as far as this is concerned, you know, it's it's really impossible to to be 
a Christian and hold to a pro-choice stance. And I think, again, you can be ignorant of all the, the facts and really be ignorant uh, and maybe just coming into the faith or whatever and not fully informed of this stuff. And certainly, you know, it's our place to, uh, to do things like this and, and answer that question as best we can from the Word of God. And then we have yeah. opportunities to talk to people one-on-one to uh, just show them what God's Word says about um, the unborn and right. about our, our need to protect them. Yeah. So we appreciate all those who are watching and listening. Hope that you're blessed by this. Um, you can go to our website at uh, charlotte.citiesforlife.org and get connected with Cities for Life here in Charlotte. We also have a website that's set up for people nationally who want to get involved in sidewalk counseling in their city called sidewalksforlife.com. Sidewalks, the number four, life.com. And uh, we're also on Facebook. Sidewalks for Life is on Facebook and Cities for Life is on Facebook. Um, and we hope that you're blessed by this podcast and, uh, you can certainly reach out to us through email or again, through Facebook, but, uh, we appreciate all those who listen and who watch. God bless. Give me an outlet for love. Give me an outlet for gratitude. I know it will cost me my life. Nothing's too precious since I met you.